Alongside former Major Leaguer Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg as we preview the divisional round of the Major League Baseball postseason. Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview or Straight Out of Vegas AM, whichever feed you are listening on. This preview is brought to you by pregame.com. We had a successful wild card round. No game threes, Josh. Any no. part of the wild card round surprise you? Sweeps. By the Rangers, Twins, Phillies, and Diamondbacks. Buddy, buddy, you're about to get me fired up early this morning. Uh, Tampa, I didn't see that happening. Uh, that was I, my one loss. My one yeah. loss, I went 5-1 and one in the wild card round uh, on pregame.com. My one loss was I had raised to win the series. And I easily, I mean, again, listen, I can see how you had Texas winning that series, no question about it. I can see how you had Texas sweeping. I just didn't see it that way. The, the errors in game one kind of threw me off. I thought Tampa would clean themselves up game two. Uh, Montgomery's great, right? He doesn't give the, the respect that he deserves. And again, Texas trusting certain guys in certain situations where we hadn't seen them maybe do that earlier, but they did. They trusted him, and it kind of set the tone. So... I thought Tampa would at least win game two after that, mm-hmm. and then we have a nice little finish and see what happens. So that kind of caught me off guard. You and I talked a lot about this. You know what? I'm going this one last. The Brewers one didn't catch me off guard. You and I spoke about this. I tried to We tell, were both on the Diamondbacks. We I, loved them. I told everybody who listened to me that I thought Fott was they were going to win Fott's game, game one, and then you and I knew Gallant, they won yeah. that. It was going to be Gallon game two. I had one person I know actually listen to the Diamondback bet with us. Because, uh, <laughs> okay, of course, good. it wasn't the popular play, right? It's easy to say Corbin Burns and, and the Brewers. In but... the first game, I bet plus a half, plus the run and a half. Yep. Because I was like, you know what? I feel confident, I but I wanted the little cushion, so I bet the plus a run and a half. In game two, I just took the money line. I was like, it's Zach Allen. I took the plus 116. But game one, I was like, man, I, I think they're going to win. But right, right. just in case, let little, me take the plus one and a half. The Phillies-Marlins doesn't surprise me. The Marlins had played so bad that last week. They'd done so many things wrong. We talked about this. De La Cruz, Berger, just lazy offensively, lazy running the base pass. Listen, well, if That you, atmosphere, dude, if is you don't incredible. Do, but if you don't do the, the fundamentally sound things, you're not going to win important games. And baseball in the playoffs is important. And to watch the Marlins... Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. They, they're in the same, and this is why I said I'll talk about this last, the Blue Jays. They're in the same same category as the Jays. Like, dogging it around bases, not hustling, thinking that what? Like, you're going to get lucky and score two runs in the ninth every day? It doesn't happen, right? So the way they tried and backdoored their, themselves into the postseason the last week, it's not sustainable. And you're playing the Philadelphia Phillies. These guys have, like, somehow pissed themselves off. They motivated themselves in a different way this year to where they – they, Demi, did you see how dominant they looked? Mm-hmm. They look scary in these two games. And they then, look like a World Series contender for sure. So Arizona, I thought the Arizona series went how we discussed it was going to go. I talked about this for years. Craig Council is not he, – he, they win regular season. They do – he's not built. That team is not built to win in the postseason. They never do. Uh, the Phillies, we expected. The Jays, I wanted to win um, but knew that it was going to be up against it. And, of course, the Rays series went the opposite of what I thought was going to happen ultimately. Toronto Blue Jays, exactly what you and I discuss every week. They cannot run the bases, and it's not flipping a switch. You're not all of a sudden just going to flip a switch, and you're good at baseball just because you play at the major league level. And so we saw it again. We saw Vladimir Guerrero get picked off a second base. We see Bichette do it all the time. Mm -hmm. They ran themselves out of outs because they do not take this stuff seriously. And again, just to say, oh, I know, I know, I know, but then you never do it correctly. You don't know. You don't know. And instinctively, when you've only done something one way and then all of a sudden you have to react, 
Your body's only going to do what it normally knows how to do, which is everything wrong. So Toronto Blue Jays did what they do. Their starting pitching or their pitching staff gave up three or less in both games, three and two. They don't score a run. They 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 lose three one and two zero. Worse than Blake Snell game pulling the World Series. <laughs> what Snyder did yesterday or two days ago, pulling Barrios after three innings, he was dealing. I walked away from the TV at one point and turned it to a different game, I think it was, because he threw a pitch, a fastball down and away that was so well located that it told me how locked in he was, and I have already watched the inning leading up, that I was like, oh, wow, this is, uh, okay, this is why you signed this guy. This is why he plays against his former team. I thought that he got hurt. It, there's only, I mean, it's only logical that he got hurt. Why in the world would you pull him? Here's my other gripe, Scotty. You pull a guy who's built for this, who you paid to do this, who, again, if a starter doesn't go seven innings to me, he doesn't do his job. You pulled a starter who was so locked in, and you brought in Yusei Kikuchi. Now, anybody that listens to this knows that Yusei and I are really good friends. I love this kid. But Yusei's a guy who you didn't really trust, who was your sixth starter coming into the season, who happened to have a really good year, who helped put you guys in this position, but you still pulled him after basically five, five and a third every game this season. So then all of a sudden, you're going to pull Barrios Barrios, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. love him. You're going to pull him out of a game when he's absolutely locked in, and you're going to bring in Yusei out of the bullpen, who is not a reliever. He's a starter who takes his time to get loose like everybody else. And you're going to put him in a situation to possibly pitch innings that you never really let him pitch in the regular season anyways? What, what, in what world logically does it make sense? This analytic stuff has got to go. These computers should not be allowed in clubhouses for what the GM and I'm sure the president, because they, they work hand-in-hand, they're both Cleveland guys, for, for, for them to come up with this plan, and I don't know if John was the puppet or not, but Snyder at some point has got to go no. At some point, you can't be a yes-man your whole life. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a sustained career being a yes-man. And so in that moment, John being a former baseball player, a former catcher, having Pete Walker next to him, knowing his team, knowing that this starting pitching is the reason they're the best starting pitch in all of baseball, knowing what it looks like when somebody's locked in, for him not to say not now is absolutely insane. That is an absolute joke. They're never going to win with this group. Yeah. Well, certainly there's there has to be changes. It has to be now. And and this can't happen. You can you know we can criticize that move and we can talk All about the, the one run that was allowed in that inning, right? After you pull Barrios after the walk and they do they do allow a run to go down two nothing, but uh, at that point it's like, well, they allowed two runs in that inning. Yeah. But at that point, you still look at the offense and you say. You have Springer but no, but, and Vladdy. But we talked about that and all year. Bichette, it's the same and, offense. And, and They're they all the score, same. And they don't score. They all, they, listen, they had second and third, I think, or running and third, second and third, or third and one in, in one of the situations. And the next seven pitches, they went strikeout, strikeout, ground ball out. Mm-hmm. They didn't even hit a ball to the right side. Yep. I was running at second. They didn't even hit a ball to the right side. They didn't even get the guy to third. They didn't try to manufacture runs. We talked about this. I'm not talking about this sissy style of baseball. I'm talking about you have a staff who allows two or three runs in every game who gives you this opportunity to win. You have to figure out how to score just one more than everybody else. Not 10, not 13, just one more. Yeah. So all you needed was three runs to beat Sonny Gray. And you can't get a guy over. You get picked off at second base. Mm-hmm. You can't have situational bats because you've chose not to. All season, and then all of a sudden you think in the postseason, what? You're just going to magically rake when you have it all year? It they, doesn't they work left, this way. They left nine runners on base in both games. If they could have gotten half of those runs. I don't even want half. Not even, not more, less than half. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even asking you to play the major league average of success. Just more than what Minnesota, who's not that great of a hitting so they team, le- did. They, they scored one run in two games. Yeah. 
they needed to score a combined seven runs to win the series, mm-hmm. and they left Six. eight, and they left Three, eighteen four, on base. It's it was it was just the offensively it was exactly what we've seen the last. I mean, all yeah. season, really, but the last month more than anything, nothing obviously was talked about. There was nothing addressed, which was very sad to see. And then the one thing that allows you to be in games, the reason why you guys are who you are, you pulled. Mm-hmm. So let's not pull, like, Matt Chapman, who's having a bad offensive of month and, 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 and as good of a defense player, he's been struggling there as well. Let's not pull Chapman in a situation where he comes up and needs to drive a guy in from third base and he's already 0 for 2 in this game. Let's not pull Brandon Bell, by the way. Who's in the two hole? And I don't know if anybody knows what the two hole means in baseball, but you might want to make some contact or see some pitches. Mm-hmm. Let's not pull Brandon Belt, who in two games is 0 for 8 with five or six strikeouts. I don't remember what it was, but it was a lot. Let's not pull him, who struck out almost every at bat in two games and hasn't made contact, which is a spot in lineup where you need contact. Let's not pull him, but we'll pull Barrios, who's gone three shutout on 47 pitches and is absolutely dealing. Let's pull him. Yeah. So. Not a good series. There's certainly a lot of reflecting that they have to do going into this offseason. Reflecting and firing. Like, this is yeah. crazy. Um, the other thing is is prop bets. You and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. How many pitchers have gone past five? How many pitchers have gone past six? The starting pitchers, they don't. Well, the Phillies pitchers. <laughs> and who? Wheeler Texas. and Nola. Yeah. <laughs> and every other one, right? So, like... You can bet the unders on almost all these prop bets for pitchers. If I'm, I was getting five and two thirds on most over at Circa. I bet the under on almost every one of them, because this is what happens. These these managers pucker. They get they they pull these guys no matter what. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so anybody where I'm seeing five and two thirds, I'm taking that all day. Yep. And it's been very productive. I haven't even messed with offensive hitters props. I've only messed with pitchers props because this is what managers do. I wanted to ask you. Speaking of pitching. We saw it didn't matter because they were winning and and the runner did not matter. But we saw Craig Kimbrell intentionally balk to try and get the runner from second over to third because he didn't want to pitch with the runner on second. Why was that? Was he worried about... They use signs. Okay. Yeah, was they, he worried about because even with Pitchcom, was yeah, he worried about like location? Use, they weren't like using that? Pitchcom. They weren't using no, it. No, I don't using. think he okay. uses Pitchcom. I think Real Muto was given signs, mm-hmm. and so and he just, was that concerned with the with the runner on second giving mm-hmm. signals to the batter at that point. Yeah, and or sometimes they just give location. Okay, and so location because and I, I'll be honest with you, man. Like I don't know, you can use that to your advantage too, um, but I don't want it. And and that run didn't mean anything. And so it's like, let's go ahead and put him on third, and I don't have to stress about it, right? So if it, even if it just relieves a little bit of mental stress, that's fine. The other thing it does is it it doesn't allow put, uh, the, the percentages higher of a pot- uh, potential, like, rally, right? So if I leave you on second. So in 2003 with the Toronto Blue Jays, we were very good at stealing signs. Mm-hmm. Very good. And every pitcher was very good at tipping signs. And so Delgado had a book of all of us, and we all did something we tipped. So we knew everybody's signs. And so in 2003, we never, by the way, went first to third. We only went second to home. So we stopped at second no matter what. Every so you time. can signal the batter. Every time. Mm-hmm. We were really good at this, right? <laughs> and so it's, it, it eliminates that, right? It eliminates them communicating whether it's location or whether it's pitches. It, allows, it, it, it eliminates a possible and potential rallies that I don't want to have happen. The other thing is if I am using signs, I don't want to change my signs all the time. So what happens mm. is I'll just put you at third in the situation because your run doesn't mean anything, and I don't have to change my signs. So then you're not getting a heads up on what they are. 
Yeah. Right. So there's a few different things, but I, I didn't mind it. Yeah, it, it was interesting, and and I knew exactly what he was doing. Right. Like it, people were like, "Is he? Did he drop the ball by accident?" I mean, yeah. no, he's balking on purpose. And then and down. then kudos to the announcers for for saying, "Oh, he clearly does not want that runner on second for whatever reason. He's just not comfortable with the runner being on second. I wonder if that happens against the Braves, a team that they're familiar with, if it, the the situation's going to come up again, but. You know, listen, if they're in that situation with the Braves where a runner in the ninth inning doesn't matter, I think they'll take that every <laughs> single time. I don't care where they put the runner, first, second, or third, it doesn't matter. If Kimball's on the mound and the runner on base doesn't mean anything against the Braves, that's a very good spot for the Phillies to be in. So let's take a look at the divisional round series, and we'll give you the odds on each series. We'll start in the American League where the Orioles will host the Texas Rangers, Baltimore minus 115, on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Rangers Texas, minus Texas. 105. <laughs> and before let's run through the odds first, and then I'll yeah. get your thoughts on these series. Uh, in the other American League series, the Astros hosting the Twins. Uh, Astros minus 160, Twins plus 135. In the National League, the Braves with the home field advantage against the Phillies. Atlanta minus 175, Philly plus 145. And then the Dodgers with the home advantage against the Diamondbacks. L.A., the biggest favorite, minus 205, Arizona plus 175. You started chanting Texas. Is that the first one that pops out to you of these four series? Yeah, well, Miss first one you talked about. Listen, I'm rooting for the Orioles. Don't get me wrong. So my heart will be watching these games, pulling the, for the O's. There's isn't no it crazy? Team. The number one seed in the American League yep. with home field advantage yep. in the series yep. is essentially a coin flip against the Texas Rangers. They're young. They're young. I got it. Again, I talk about council all the time. So it's like, I remember Hunter Renfro a couple years ago with Boston. He hit like 40 homers. And if you look to see who he hit those home runs off of, they weren't off of Jacob deGrom. Mm. They weren't off of the stars of our game, right? They were off of like the Josh Towers in the seventh inning of an 8 nothing game, <laughs> right? They weren't They weren't with anybody on base. They, they like His average with runners in scoring position was as bad as it gets. He didn't drive. like So So it's like, oh, he's got 40. But like, okay, wh- when? When were these 40 hit? Was it when the game's on the line? Was it when I needed them? Who were they against, right? And so I think we forget to look at that, right? And so when you and I talk about some of these bets, it's like, oh, how have they performed against teams with a, a 500 record or better? Mm-hmm. Right? We look at that a lot. Uh, Milwaukee... They take advantage of what they need to to get into the postseason. And although they are built with the, the pitching staff, Council doesn't use them, in my opinion, the way it takes to win. And he's never made an adjustment. And so this happens every year to Milwaukee, right? So we can look back to every year, the last five years, and it's going to be the same basic result. So you and I already know how we're going to bet Milwaukee going in the postseason. To me, it becomes free money at some point, right? Betting against them. And so with the Orioles, they – they don't fall into the same category because they whipped a lot of teams. And you went over some stats against people in their division and against Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team did a really good job. I do like the fact that they're young. The, the Whatever the adage before this generation, this team's generation was, they've kind of dismissed. Like, you know, the Chris Davis, Manny Machado, like that. They don't Whatever those guys did, that's irrelevant to this team, which I love. This team is young and talented. It would be super cool to see win and get to the World Series. But... You've heard me say this. I just think that they're too young, and I think the manager is going to do what we saw Snyder do. I don't think he's going to trust guys in certain situations, and that's how we win. We we put people, Kevin Cash, we put people in a position to succeed, and we trust them regardless, and we've already prepared them by putting them in these moments ahead of time. Well, some managers don't do that. And so I just think that the the staff itself 
is going to become a little bit more nervous and a little bit reluctant at times to do certain things. And I think it's going to work against them. And I just don't know how the young players are going to be in, I have to get this at bat. Do I have to do this? Or do they don't have to do this? And mm. if they can have this, this veteran mindset to approach to these games in Baltimore will be fun. But Texas is also coming off a series where they weren't expected to win. I don't think they knew how they were going to perform given the last few weeks of the season. And they looked amazing. And so I know Texas has a lot of confidence rolling into this. Yeah, sure. You mentioned Brandon Hyde and maybe a little bit of inexperience, and certainly you like Bochy's experience over Hyde. But Hyde was the bench coach for that Cubs, Cubs team, team that won the World Series under Joe Madden. So seeing what Madden was able to do mm-hmm. with the Cubs and the experience that they had winning that World Series – does that maybe alleviate some of your concerns no. about Hyde? No. That's why he got the job, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. It, it doesn't. I am shocked that the Orioles were this good. But, again, the Orioles had the first pick in the draft for how many years in a row? Yeah. They, they had, and they haven't missed with one of them. And if you want to, like, look at their minor league system in AAA and AA. They have the best AA and AAA teams in all of baseball right now. Their minor league system is loaded. So how much of it is Hyde? And how much of it is they haven't missed the old Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay didn't miss with the first pick forever either, Mm -hmm. right? So how much is it that and how much is it the staff? And again, regardless of of whether Hyde was on that team or not, he wasn't pulling buttons or pushing buttons. He wasn't pulling any strings, right? He was sitting over there watching. And so now that he's in a position where he gets to push, can he do it? And this is the same guy, by the way, that like two years ago was cussing out starting pitchers on the opposite teams in his dugout. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like couldn't control, look like he hadn't slept in six months. This is the same guy. So I don't know. Like we're going to learn more about Brennan Hyde than anybody else starting tomorrow. Do you think that the fact that they, you know, they swept and they had uh, the pitchers that went with Montgomery and Dunn, uh, Montgomery and Yavaldi in games one and two, that it actually sets up the Rangers rotation better for this series against the against the uh, the Orioles because you would think that Dunning starts game one, right? Well, Montgomery's going to go Sunday and Valdi's going to go Monday. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you have Dunning going game one and then Montgomery game two on normal rest and then Yavaldi on game three at home. Yeah. He'll he'll get an extra day, which is beautiful for him. Well, it sets up gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And again, that's what we talked about, about Arizona's. They just kept their, their rotation on rotation. Yeah. So don't, here's the thing. And I was thinking about this, right. With some of these teams, there's also a chance that John Gray could be back if they had a game five, because he's, he's hurt right now, Mm -hmm. but it's just uh, a forearm tightness. They're hopeful that if they, he can come back, maybe he starts a game five. I mean, you would rather have, yeah, Scotty, you'd rather have guys go on seven or eight days than 14 days. Mm. So don't 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 skip Josh Towers so that you can pitch on rotation. So then Josh doesn't go for – he misses a whole start. So Josh is going on 11 days or 10 days, but you're going to go on five. And don't do that because it benefits you, but it doesn't benefit him. So as a team, you're, you're hopefully winning one, but you're definitely losing the other. That's kind of how it breaks down. Mm-hmm. So then just go ahead and push a day or two back and keep everybody on rotation, and you're going to get the best version of both those two or the best version you can hope for. And now you have a chance to win both those games. And so the teams that are willing to do that, and again, is Minnesota going to go right back to Sonny Gray and Lopez? Or are they going to trust everybody else that they have? Are they going to skip those guys? Or are they going to push them back? Like, which team's going to do what? And again, what's Baltimore going to do? Are they going to stay kind of what they're doing? Or are they skipping somebody? I don't need rest. 
I don't need, I, I'm going to feel too geeked up. The ball's going to be elevated. And then you're adding adrenaline from the playoffs of all places. It's just yeah. going to be flatter and flatter. Who gave up runs in the first inning that we didn't expect? And it just kind of shows it. Um, well, I think the Arizona game right away, right? I know we well, knew Gallon gave up two in the first yeah, inning. Him. Those are the only two that he gave up. Right. And he's done that a couple times. And then mm-hmm. he settled down, fought. We knew it was going to be a little bit geeked up. He did that as well. Um, did Glasnow, by the way? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, the Rays were good. Rays in, in game one. Uh, it, it, yeah, no, there was no run scored. I mean, in the second inning. So first. what's our rotation for the Orioles and Rangers as far as game one's concerned? We got Kyle Bradish. I would and... I would assume it's Bradish against uh, Dane Dunning. Probably Dunning. Yeah. yeah. As again, opposed to, I, I, it would be Dunning more than Haney, I, I would assume. I think so as well, yeah. Yeah. And, and right now, you can look at um, the odds for game one. Early odds, Baltimore minus 142. I love Bradish, man, but they're going to pull him early. Texas right? plus 120. So Bradish, two innings because they backed him off to give him a little rest October 1st. He went against the Nationals in Houston. He went eight scoreless versus Washington. Then he went six scoreless versus Houston. And then he went seven and four versus Tampa, six and two versus Boston, six and two versus Arizona, six and two, six and zero, six and two, four and two thirds and zero, seven and three. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Yep. As dominant as this kid has been, eight six seven six six. And again, this is why you win. You let your starters dictate how the game's going to go, and then use your bullpen accordingly. And your offense, just do what they need to do around what the pitching staff and defense is, is giving you that day. Watch how fast they pull him. Wow. Okay, you think Watch, so? Oh, my God, yeah. And so the thing I love about it is, and I don't know if we have prop bets up anywhere yet. No, not until the official announcements. So you'll get them tomorrow. Okay, so he's gone eight six seven seven, right? He's gone deep, and then so we might get a bump up, and maybe they put him at five and two thirds. One hundred percent, I'm taking the under because mm-hmm. they're gonna panic, man. A lot of the times, these pitching props wouldn't even be up as far because they know in the postseason that that, that you know these, Which these guys great. are not going to go that long. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I love that we're getting them. I mean, I can't. I like it's like there's other bets that I've liked, but with these pitching props, I. There's no point for me, in the way I see it, to put my money anywhere else mm-hmm. when I know that I have these props sitting in front of me. It's like, why take a shot on Guerrero versus Correa in, in total bases or something when I know that I have Barrios under six innings or five and two-thirds or whatever it is? Yeah, they don't have any of them up right now. They just have Rangers in three, that type of stuff. Yeah. All right, so... First gut pick, Rangers against the Orioles, divisional round bet. Orioles minus 115, Rangers minus 105 for the series. I think Rangers series. Okay. God, I don't want it. I wish my heart would get out of the way. (laughs) I think Rangers series, but um, it's going to be tough, right? If we break down every individual game, it becomes very difficult. Mm -hmm. And again, that Evaldi that we saw in Tampa, that was the Evaldi that that you don't want to get in his way. Yeah. And then Montgomery has been that good. And so those are... Those are two. What does Baltimore do? Who do they match up against those guys, right? Or does Baltimore just not care, which I don't think they should? Um, I'm interested to see what the crowd's going to be like. Because they're going to of... pull Grayson quick. Who else do they have real quick? John Means is going to go five, Yeah. which I wish he'd go more. Maybe he will. Uh, I think they pull Bradish quick, but Bradish is a guy they should extend, but mm-hmm. we'll see. It's game one, so everybody's nerves are a little bit, you know, whatever. Um, Grayson, they're going to pull fast. Dean Kramer, who's been awesome, Dean's been known to dominate or get rocked mm-hmm. early, and they will short-leash Dean like nobody's business, although he's been fantastic. 
And he won, what, 13, 14 games this year? I don't even know. Um, so this is something God, that— I just don't trust him. So this is something that I think actually hurts the Baltimore Orioles. We know the crowd's going to be electric, right? And, and, awesome. And because it, it's it, such a cool crowd. Yeah, and, and they've been longing for this, right, to have a team this good. The games are at 1 o'clock local time for game one on Saturday and 4 o'clock for game one on Sunday. It's going to be nuts. It's, but it's not going to be the same type of atmosphere that it, that it was like in Philadelphia when you had 8 o'clock first pitch. You know, night games, the crowd. They're different. It, is there a, there's a difference, yeah. right? There's a difference in the night game crowd and the day game crowd. And it's, I just it's think it's really it's our energy, it's right? Like, no, it's gonna in Baltimore. I do. I want the lights turned off, right? I want the sun off. I do. I do want the nighttime energy better. But that crowd in Baltimore, everybody's gonna be on Utah Street. Everybody's gonna be sitting at that bar in center field or looking over the wall in right field. The, the, they're probably gonna bring in some extra seats if they can. The, the stadium is gonna be rocking. Mm-hmm. All the bars outside of Baltimore is gonna be going crazy pregame on the weekend. The energy is. There's gonna be no shortness of energy. I'm assuming the Ravens are probably on the road. Ravens are in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah I'm assuming that. Okay. And they play at one, so that, that's a hell of a day. You go, you go to Camden Yards early. You watch the Ravens and the Steelers at one o'clock. That game's over. You head into the ballpark. So how about and how you about, watch the Orioles? How about play when we? I think we okay. So the Ravens. I say we. I'm a Ravens fan. We we win the Super Bowl. Okay. Right. Flacco and the boys. We run that kick back at halftime. Jacoby Jones. So you know what happens when you win the Super Bowl. The next year you have the first Thursday game of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, the manager, who one of the reasons I don't like him, but he never wins in the postseason anyways, Buck Showalter, never wins. Buck Showalter wouldn't move the Orioles game, wouldn't allow them to move the Orioles game to even a day game, not even on the road, just even lower the game so the Ravens can play at home, Mm -hmm. which they earned. So the Ravens had to play on the road to start the season. I forgot who it was against, like Denver or something. I don't know where it was. And, of course, we lose that game because we're on the road. Backs against us. And so it kind of set the tone for the season the next year just because Buck Showalter's ego was, no, we're not moving our game time for the Baltimore Ravens who will share the same parking lot. Wow. It's crazy. Like, we couldn't even do something for the city, for yeah. the fans. The same fans who root for the Ravens root for the Orioles. 2013, instead of celebrating their Super Bowl title with a game in their home stadium, the Ravens will start the 2013 season on the road because Major League Baseball and the Baltimore Orioles wouldn't budge. Buck Showalter was it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It says the Orioles already set to host the Chicago White Sox at 7.05. Uh, the league and the teams unable to reach a compromise. <laughs> so the NFL announced, I'm reading from an old ESPN doc, an old Associated Press article. Uh, the NFL announced the Ravens will have to play somewhere else. Yeah, good, all right, good for them. Well, Buck's out of a job now. Uh, so is Billy Epler. There's just a mess going on with the Mets. But David Stearns is a good hire. So I think things might be on the, uh, the up and up there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. 
It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Okay, let's go to the next series in the American League. The Astros are a minus 160 favorite over the Minnesota Twins, and it'll be Justin Verlander in game one for the Houston Astros. So their rotation sets up very nicely yeah. against the Twins. And who's Minnesota, we think, possible? So we have Lopez out. We have Sonny Gray out. Joe Ryan, Kenta Maeda. And how about this? So I love Kenta, but mm-hmm. again, not a guy they're going to let go past four. Joe Ryan, by the way, Absolutely relevant. And I think this kid is legit. But look at the start of the season towards the end of the season. If you look at the last, let's just say the last two months of okay. Joe Ryan's starts, how many times did he go past five? Let's check it out. So you just they want pulled, the past two months? Just the two months. Because okay. he was so great to start the season. Mm-hmm. They seemed like they pulled him past every five game. innings. Let's see. Five innings, six innings, six innings on the 24th against the Angels. Five innings, four and two thirds, four innings. Six innings on the first, five innings, four innings, three and two-thirds. What is this? Four and two-thirds and three and two-thirds and four. What is all this nonsense? What are they doing to him? They've never put him in a position to even go past five to know what that's like, let alone pitch where a game counts. He has no idea. They're going to pull him so fast it's not even funny. What did he do? Did he like? Did he do something internally? Did they just lost confidence? Why are they even starting him? In the second half of the season, he only went uh, after, so I guess in the second half of the season, he only went six innings twice. It's insane to me. What? What? Yeah. What did he do? They have no faith in this kid at all. So they only have faith in those two guys. So you see why this series is so difficult for them already? Mm-hmm. You trust nobody but Sonny Gray and Lopez. So again, hope that they go seven, which we know they're not. You're not going to let anybody else go past four. Your bullpen's going to have to eat all these innings. Minnesota's not built for this, man. See, I think that the Astros' experience, obviously, is going to help, and it's going to come into play. The Astros being at home for the first couple of games are going to help. I, sure, Lender will set the tone. He'll go seven. Exactly. And you like the you like the Twins when they return home for you know the middle of the series, but I think Astros take game one and game two at home. I really do, and I think it sets the tone for the entire series. For Minnesota I to agree. get that monkey off their back and finally win a postseason series, finally win a game, snapping that losing streak, that's great. You celebrate at home, but let's look at those two games. You mentioned the lack of scoring 
from the mm-hmm. Toronto Blue Jays. Well, it's not like the Twins actually did much in these games, no, right? Royce Lewis was the offense in game one. Two home runs. That's that. Three runs were on two Royce Lewis home runs. Yes. That's it. That's it. And then they score two runs in the fourth inning of game two. Off a starter who shouldn't have been in the game because exactly. he didn't have the bullpen. Exactly. After walks, by the way. Because so, he's not ready. Like we listen, six thirty stretch, six forty mm-hmm. play catch, six fifty bullpen, seven oh five start. Okay, I, I walk myself through this. I ate at five o'clock. Probably have enough. I know how to sustain my energy. Do all this stuff. Now and by the way, now all of a sudden, go to the bullpen, sit there for a couple hours because yeah. you might have played catch at four o'clock. You don't get to play catch before. Oh, you say get up. Instead mm-hmm. of having the 55 pitches or whatever I want to throw, now I have 12, 13, 16, 19, whatever it is, and I got to hurry up and go. So I don't get to work myself into this. The energy spike is, in me. oh, it's me? And then you go. And so I'm, it took him, it's going to take me a minute to find yeah. my, like we, we have this ability to add and subtract. I figure it out. I work into the game with you. I'm kind of setting you up as I'm going. No, it's come in and give me your best because you're already in your second or third at bat. We're not meant to do that as starting pitchers. It's very difficult. It's not an excuse. It's reality. And so now you're having this. So, like, for you, say, to settle, it's going to take an inning or two. And I, but I don't have that now as a reliever coming out of the pen. Yeah, I worry about the offense for the Twins. I, I think the Astros are too much. I think great celebration. Congratulations. You won your first series in forever. Now you're facing the big boys, and the Astros are going to make short work of the Minnesota Twins. I, think. I, I, I agree. Series odds right now, Astros minus 160. It's not bad. Twins on the comeback, plus 135. All right, let's go over to the National League. The Braves, minus 175 Who? over the Phillies, Who? plus 145. And this is uh, a revenge spot, certainly. Phillies were able to get by the Braves last year. The Braves are a different animal this year. I think the Phillies are playing with a chip on their shoulder, though, and I think these games are going to be a lot closer than the market is dictating. Right now, game one line is the Braves minus 205, Phillies plus 170. I get it because and they it's don't care. be and they don't Spencer even Strider, <laughs> but it's going to be Strider in game one. It says any pitcher, I love it. It'll be Strider in game one, and yeah. then for the Phillies, it doesn't matter who it is because if it's Ranger Suarez, yeah. it's much less than Spencer Strider. So I get it. I understand Here's why the they're deal. such a big dog in game one. Spencer Strider has given up a lot of runs in the first inning. Mm. You don't want to do that here. You don't want to do that in postseason baseball. Like, he has been known, and then he gets mad and settles in, but, like, he's got to figure out how to kind of keep them off the boards early. This is uh, is a good team. You know what's crazy about just this series is I actually think the Phillies' rotation lines up well because, all right, no one wants to lose game one. But if you're going to lose game one, the Yankees used to do this all the time. Who was the game two guy for the Yankees every single postseason series? It was Andy Pettit. Why? Because Andy Pettit was the guy. He's the Justin Verlander. If, if but if you lost game one, Andy Pettit was going to get you the winning game too. Guaranteed. Because certain people are built for those moments. He was the guy. If the Phillies lose game one because Spencer Strider just strikes out 15 or whatever, Zach Wheeler's going game two. doesn't matter if he strikes out 15. Whatever. What, what, does, what are we doing between those? I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. It, it's It's... And, and I all due respect to the Braves rotation, which is fantastic, right? You get, you know, Freed and, or Freed's hurt, Morton. I don't know what they're going to do with these guys coming off the IL. But it seems to be the biggest question mark is their rotation. Yeah, but Wheeler, Wheeler game two, Nola game three, and Nola pitching at home in game three, which I like a lot better than him yeah, pitching in Atlanta. Right. Mm-hmm. I just feel like 
the Phillies have an opportunity to go up two games to one in this series after the first three games. Yeah, I'm not. What I mean, this is again. I would prefer this series being in the World Series. What a fun series! Um, yeah, it's not a walk. It's not a walk in the park like some people might think. I mean, again, I, Atlanta is that team. They are by far the best team in so many areas compared to everybody else in all the baseball. So let's say, uh, but also like the Phillies will make this. They're gonna. This is gonna be close. You mentioned the pitching is the biggest issue for the Braves, right? So we know Strider's yeah. going game. You one. trust Elder? Well, Elder in game three on the road. Against Aaron Nola? No. Flat up. And what if Max Fried's blister bothers him in game two and he's got to leave early? If he hasn't fixed that by now. Put what in pickle juice. What's the, old, what's, the old, what's the thing that we do? Stick it in some jar. There's some remedy for what if, what if it bothers him? What if it bothers him in game two? And then they have to go into the bullpen early. Or, or you know, I, I, Who else? Okay, so we got Strider. It'll be Strider game one. It'll be Freed game two, okay. dealing with the blister. Yeah, Bryce sure. Elder, possibly game three. And kind of go back. Yeah, and then you have, uh, I guess, Kyle Wright Depending or on Smith Shaver. Yeah, so if they can go back to Kyle Wright's Strider, been, they will. Kyle Wright's been prepping to go as a reliever. Mm-hmm. So, so Yeah, he's been doing that for a minute. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I really I mean, feel like. If you like... nullify this offense, this pitching staff better step up. And they have. They've done a really good job. I don't trust Elder. From what I saw lately, everything's been flattened up. That that Philly team is not the team you want to throw four seamers flat down the middle to. You mentioned Strider's first inning struggles, by the way. He's yeah. made 31 starts this season. He's allowed 11 first inning runs. That's a three point, three point, where am I? 3.18? 3.81? What's my math here? So Strider, 3.19. ERA in the first inning. Yeah. That's a lot for the first inning. It's our toughest inning. I told you. Because we're filling out the process of the game. That's mm-hmm. why when you take these starters and you put them in out of the pen, you ask them to put a zero up. We don't even do that in the first inning very often. Yeah. Right? And then so you're asking me to do that in the bullpen in the middle of a game. It's like, hold on a second. Like, the reliever is supposed to keep the game where it is, not giving me a run to keep it. Listen, listen Ranger, Suarez, Ranger Suarez is even worse. 22 starts, 12 first inning runs, 4.91 ERA. Wow. How about the yes first yes first inning run? Game one And you always get a great price on Strider because he just assumes he's going to punch out the side. He usually punches out the side after he gives up a run. That's, uh, yeah. I, I, I think the value on this series, to be honest with you, is going to be on the Phillies to win the series just because of how big of a dog they are, but how live they are. And if they could steal one game in Atlanta and – take away the home field advantage. We already saw how intense that crowd is. I love the back end of the Philly bullpen. Philly's plus 145. I love that as as a bet. Also, maybe even laying a little bit of juice and doing a, some sort of series handicap, like the Phillies plus one and a half games at minus 165. Listen, this thing goes to seven. You, you lock in a win, right, automatically. Uh, and if the Phillies win, great. I know you're laying a little bit of juice as opposed to getting the plus money, but Philly's plus one and a half games, that's that's one that I kind of like as a as a series handicap. Well, and then also, you know, they're, those those lines change dramatically after after game one. Results, yeah, you're right. So if the Braves win game one, then you go back and you bet you want to you want to know why then you'll get pulled, plus money on wait, them. You want to know why they pulled Barrios? Because that was the plan. In the fourth inning, he has a five three four ERA. So instead yeah, of sure looking, so instead of yeah. looking at what he's doing and how dominant he was and how locked in he was, mm-hmm. they went by the book. Oh, he does bad in this inning. Mm-hmm. 
throughout the course of the season. Instead of looking at maybe what he's done in August, which has been awesome, probably most of the stats right from April and May because he struggled. That's why they did this. You're you're basic like not even realistic. So how about this? He's got a two in the in the seventh. Like it's just it's crazy how these yeah. managers we're gonna make so much money off these pitching props. So I think it, it it's you know you're gonna have a combination of Strider. You're gonna have Taiwan Walker uh, maybe or Ranger Ooh. Suarez. If Walker's locked in, he's he's game over. But it's hard to get him locked in. Yeah, because when he's not. There's no changing it. He's like uh, Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. We can make a whole, put a whole panel of pitchers. Tywin Walker, Dylan Cease. There's certain guys that when it starts bad, it's bad. There's no fixing it. It's over. If, Bryce Elder's the same way. Mm-hmm. If I just like the way the, the 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 Phillies rotation lines up because of the wild card sweep that you'll have Wheeler in game two and Nola in game three. Yeah. And then if you want to go to Walker in Game Four, of on, course you do. Or, and then and then go back to Suarez in Game Five, or no, Game Five, and then Six and Seven Wheeler Nola. Mm-hmm. That's how this is going to line up. Yeah, this is going to line up, and I think you're going to see Strider twice. Yeah, but you're also going to see Wheeler and Nola mm-hmm. twice. So I think it lines up very good for the Phillies. Pull, uh, and and do you again? This Braves team is by far one of those dominant teams we've seen. Mm-hmm. Do you think the offenses, if you pull one through nine? are that different? Matt Olson and Bryce Harper. I mean, Acuna's different, right? We're not comparing him to Schwarber. Yeah. Evan, uh, sorry, Turner, Trey. Who's been Albies. incredible ever since the... Uh... Olson, Cassianos. Mm-hmm. It's close. They're, they're, they're very comparable. Te- they're very comparable They teams. are very comparable. Yes. And, and throw out the regular season records. Throw them out. Yeah, because we're not there anymore. Throw them out. It's all about the postseason. And they build on this hype. Bryson Stott and whoever else. Like, we, we have comparable teams. Yeah. They 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 have um, – both teams have experience, right? Both been to the yeah. World Series in the past couple of seasons. But it, it just comes to – to me, it's, it just comes back to – I like the way the Phillies rotation lines up. You mentioned the lineup. It's, you know, I mean, these are two of the best lineups in all of baseball. Acuna, Albies, Riley, Olson, Ozuna, Harris, Murphy, Pilar, and Arcia versus. That's not even their best lineup, by the way. Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Bohm, Stott, Real Muto, Castellanos, Marsh, and Rojas. I could argue that the Phillies lineup is better. You can argue after five. So six, yeah. seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Would you rather have Michael Harris, Sean Murphy, Kevin Pilar, Orlando Arcia, or. Uh, JT Real Muto, Nick Castellanos, yeah. Brandon Marsh, and Johan Rojas. Yeah. I mean, Rojas is just going to lay down a bunt, but that's it. But I, I would honestly, I, I'd rather have the Phillies six through nine. Yeah, and that's again, that's not the Braves' best six through nine, but yeah, that's what I. And then the bullpens. Who would you rather have in the bullpen? I got. <laughs> I mean, on paper, the Phillies' bullpen's better. I think what happened was is the Brave starters put their pen guys in a better in position great positions. Yeah, sure. And so if they can keep that up, that's why the Braves' but like, is better. Would you rather have AJ Minter and Rysel Iglesias? No, Iglesias blows everything. I love All him, right. but he blows everything. Kirby Yates. Yeah, I like him. Or would you rather have Alvarado and Soto? But they've blown stuff too. And but they Kimbrel, all gas, right? I mean, think about it. Alvarado, Kimbrel, Soto, the, these are elite. Real, the Phillies. So are the other guys, though. I know. This is going to be an incredible series. It's gonna this be is so going to be incredible. Good. You know what's going to be so disappointing is when the winner of this series loses to either the Dodgers or the Diamondbacks. They're going to roll those guys. <laughs> I know. Because this is, the, <laughs> this is the World Series right here. 
Philly's Braves. It, it really is. Philly's Braves is the World Series. This is no no disrespect to everybody else. These are the two best teams right now. All right, we already. Uh, I, I think this is a, a a true coin flip. I like taking the dog in a coin flip. So give me the Phillies to upset the Atlanta Braves once. Just take the dog in every game. Yeah. Let's go to <laughs> the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, where the Dodgers will start Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, you have to in Game One, and Merrill Kelly will go Game One for the Diamondbacks in Game One. The Dodgers are minus 198 for the series. The Dodgers are a massive minus 215 favorite. Yeah, what do you say? I mean, what do you say? Obviously, Arizona has a lot more belief mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that they went into Milwaukee and did that. Looking at this year yeah, against against each other, if you will. So the Diamondbacks against the Dodgers this year, LA five and eight. So the Dodgers went eight and five against the Diamondbacks yeah. this year. You like the divisional matchups, right? Because you're familiar with these teams. You're familiar with the bullpens. You're familiar with the ballparks. The way they've been there plenty of times. But can Merrill Kelly get by the Dodgers in this lineup? Um, Dodgers obviously have. I mean, they're the favorites for a reason. Yep. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, again, they know how to play baseball. Their coaching staff is really good. D-Rob always puts these guys in a position to succeed, regardless of whether it's offensive-based, regardless of whether Bellinger's hitting in the eight-hole, regardless of whether it's starting pitching dominant with Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw and Tony Gonsolin, like, regardless mm-hmm. of, of what it is. And, and all those things have changed now. The starting pitching is up in the air. The offense isn't the same that it used to be, but yet they still win. They still do all these things that make them dominant, and there's a reason for that. There's a belief, but there's an education system on, inside that clubhouse that has taught them how to play baseball and win as a team, and they're very good at it. And no one in that locker room becomes selfish in these moments. And so the Dodgers win 100 again based on what? They just know how to play baseball. So it, it does become pretty difficult for Arizona. The Dodgers will stay relaxed. I think that if there was a Dodgers team that's beatable, it's probably this one. Mm. Compared to some of the ones of the past, is it because of the starting pitching? Just everything. We know the bullpen's strong, but is it because of the starting pitching? Because yeah, they're inconsistent there too, right? They have all these young guys that throw fuzz, but again, the bullpen's going to eat a lot of these innings. I mean, the Bobby Millers; these guys are great. They look fantastic in mm-hmm. uniform. They throw hard. Um, experience changes things. We, we you know baseball has proved over the years. I don't care if you throw 105; if it's flat, they're going to hit it, right? So having an IQ and knowing how to pitch and the willingness to locate becomes very important. Um, is the the offense is good though too? I mean, just think about the first five; it's dangerous, right? Yep. Will Smith can hit. Obviously, Freddie Freeman's one of the best our game's ever seen. Mookie, I heard he's pretty good. Who else? J.D. Martinez, he can play. But again, you're looking at the pitching matchups here, and mm-hmm. if it's you know we know it's Kershaw and Merrill Kelly in Game One, in Game Two, what are you looking at? I mean, it's Bobby Miller. Right? Both, right? I mean, Lance Lynn, you don't trust him. No. So, Zach Gallon against Bobby Miller in game two? They're going to bring him back already. Is he on pace for that? It would be Sunday. Yeah. Well, actually, no. no. No, it wouldn't be Sunday. Be there's, a, there's No. The, there's a day off in the National League. Oh. So, game one for everybody is on Saturday. Sunday is only game two for the American League. Game oh. two for the National League Monday. is not until Monday, which means it'll be Gallon on normal rest. If they want that. Why wouldn't you want it? Because you didn't do it on uh, opening day. You let Fott pitch. I think it, I think they were setting this up. 
I think they set up their rotation beautifully. So then what, let Flacco the next day? You can't so skip that, him. If yeah, you trust him in game one versus yeah, Milwaukee, you've got to trust him. He goes game three, and he goes game three at home instead of on the road it's at Dodgers It's crazy watching these guys pitch, by the way. So I never really watched Flop pitch. He's mm-hmm. got good stuff, but you see what he did. And not just his fault, but abandon the changeup in pressure situations. It's like, oh, my God, how can I throw a changeup in the postseason? Like, I'm geeked up. So he abandons the changeup. And he abandoned pitching inside. He only did it like once or twice. So that all of a sudden, like typical baseball and all all college, all amateur baseball, everything real quick because it's pressure became a fastball and breaking ball away, Mm. which just puts hitters out there and it puts them out there. And then you have to be perfect. And he has the stuff to dominate. He's really plus stuff. But he instantly and inexperienced did not have the ability or was not willing to back off back off a little bit and then go the other way I need stuff moving both directions and I need stuff moving both directions meaning I want it moving in and out and I need it moving back and forth and he lost that ability because he abandoned his change up and then he didn't go inside enough and so he became one dimensional and your pitch count's going to fly when you do that it just it feels like it feels like the Dodgers are going to go with the bullpen in a lot of these games I agree. starters aren't going to go long try to and- hope that some of those guys they have started yeah. eat innings yes and, you know, besides Kershaw, don't like they don't it. have anybody behind them. I think the value here is on the Diamondbacks. I really do. They're a feisty team. We know they create runs on the bases. Corbin Carroll's tremendous. Uh, they, they have a they have talent up and down the lineup. It's not as elite. It's not, They're not as household Everybody's hitting like 280. As the Dodgers, but they do it together. Yes, that's they, what I'm saying. And, and I just, okay, Merrill Kelly against Kershaw in game one, whatever. Zach Gallen has the edge in game two over. I don't care who pitches for the Dodgers, whether it's, you know, if it's Bobby Miller or it's Lance Lynn or Pepiot, I don't care, right? I give Gallen the, the, the start in game two against Bobby Miller or whatever. And then game three, Fod at home, again, against a combination of Lynn or Pepiot or Emmett Sheehan. I don't care about that. And then game four, it'll probably be a rematch of game one. You'll bring back Kershaw against uh, Merrill Kelly. Is there a way to see Clayton's numbers in Arizona? Yeah. Is sure. that a stat we can pull up? Yeah. Just you want for his career or you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in Arizona. All right. Because I always felt like in my head, Clayton in Colorado and Clayton mm-hmm. in Arizona, it seems like he's never pitched well. All right. It kind of kind of reminds me of what I have in my head um, against Garrett Cole in Boston. This <laughs> thing in my head that he struggles there. All right, so you want just not just twenty twenty three. You want his entire career? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I just want to know how he pitches in Arizona. All right, so his entire career by ballpark. Let's go opponent Arizona. No, we want the stadium. Stadium. All right, ballparks in Chase Field or whatever it's called now. He's got a. Let's look here. 3.91 ERA, 22 it's starts. It's not bad. 22 starts, and he is 8 and 11. Well, then there we go. There's so the now we have that. Yeah, eight, yeah. And ele- 8 and 11 with a 3.91 ERA in Chase Field. So he's not he's not a shoo-in to dominate there. No. Yeah. Uh, 18 homers in those 22 starts. Yeah, which is a lot. Yep. Yeah, so he doesn't pitch that. He's not that dominant there. Yeah, I'm definitely... Back in him at home compared to in Arizona. There's no question. Let's just look at this year alone, though. Okay. This year alone against Arizona as just, you know, as, as a team, regardless of the the site against Arizona this year. Kershaw played uh, three games against Arizona this year. He was 2-1 in 17 innings, 14 hits, four homers, 18 strikeouts. Those were in Arizona? Uh, that's just regardless. Total, yeah. Uh, in Arizona, he only pitched once this year. Um, 0 and 1, 
One start, he gave up four runs in six innings on seven hits. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, again, he's – it's not his favorite place. I think the value is on the Diamondbacks. I do, too. It's not a pretty pick. The Dodgers are incredible. But I like the – I just like watching this Diamondbacks team play. They're fun. I know. They're I like fun. It. If Carroll gets on base, it's it just changes it's, everything. It, it's a lot of fun. I was in Arizona. I watched them beat the Braves this year in Arizona. <laughs> fun game. Came down to the ninth inning. Great catch in, in front of the wall. Uh, I like I like the Diamondbacks. So, uh, I'm going to make my official selections here. Let's go. And you can make yours. I'm going to go just on the surface divisional round bets. I'm going to go Rangers minus 105. Astros minus 160. We're going series. Series bets. Yep. So Rangers minus 105. Astros minus 160. Phillies plus 145. Diamondbacks plus 180. And then in the handicap of the series, I will go with best bet Phillies plus a game and a half. What do you mean? In the, for the series handicap. Like, I'll go Phillies plus one and a half games in that series. What is that my mean? best bet. What it means if they, they go to game seven, you win your bet because it'll be four to three. You won <laughs> you your bet plus one and a half games. And that's minus 165 oh, up on draft. So games. you're saying it goes to game seven. That's what you're saying. I'm saying if it does, you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I didn't know what it meant at first. So it's my way of taking either the Phillies to win the series or they lose in game seven. So I got Phillies plus one and a half games. Yeah. There's something about rival games too, man. I mean, and people forget about that. In the football too, we watch it every week in the NFL. There's, the rival games are just different. The conference games, I should say, are just different. You know these teams slightly better. Um, Diamondbacks plus one and a half games is minus 145. And that's, I'd rather just take a stab on the massive plus money on the Diamondbacks. Each game. Each game. Or each game, too. Each game, you're going to get Arizona odds. game one, although it's, it's Kershaw. I, I don't think. I think you get a much better price. Maybe maybe that's. No. After game one. Yeah, but you know what, though? That's tough. You're, you're, that's a tough hole to climb. You're already out. thinking they're going to lose game one. Yeah, I think they get a split because I, I got Gallon in game right, two. That's my point. You think they're going to lose game one. So that number that you're getting Arizona at now is going to go better. Well over I two. understand that. Yeah. But also, what if they win game one? Then, well, that's a then chance you take. Then you're in a great spot. But you're, then you're getting even money. Yeah, then you're in a great spot. <laughs> and you're so, still in a good spot. You're still in a good spot. That's right. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, I guess you could wait and see the wait and yeah. see approach. Either way, you're going to be in a good place. Yeah, because I mean, how? Because the Dodgers will still be favored after yeah. losing Game One. Agreed. But you're yeah. not going to get the plus one eighty five. No, but you're going to get plus two hundred and whatever, or you're going to get right, even money. So what if we split our bets? Go Arizona Game One plus one sixty four. Okay. And then if they win, you just hit your plus 164. Great. Now you can bet them to win the well, series. Well, I'm saying. There's some bets that are just better just to bet but, each individual game. But think, think about money. this. Think about this. And you don't have to sweat out a series. So think about this. We bet them to win game one at plus 164. If they lose, you're down one unit, but you get now the massive plus money on them to win the series, which is going to be north of plus 200, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even plus 300. If they win this game, your price on the series is going to go down, but you're still going to be plus money. You might be like plus 110, plus 120, but you already cashed in plus 164 and winning game right. one, and now you're going to bet them at plus money to win the series when they already have a one-game-to-none lead. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, that's a, there's a lot of – this is what people do. There's some people who do this for a living, and this is why. Take emotion out of it, and they bet. It's fun. I, I, I think this is a very fun Major League Baseball postseason. I loved what I – even though the wild-card series were sweeps – 
I loved what I saw from the wild card series, and I think the intensity is going to pick up, obviously, as the division series begins on Saturday. So let me read the schedule here. Coming up tomorrow, we have game one between the Rangers and the Orioles from Baltimore. That is a 1 o'clock Eastern time start, and it is projected to be Dane Dunning against Kyle Bradish. In game one of the Twins at the Astros, that is a 4.45 Eastern time start in Houston. Justin Verlander going game one for the Astros, likely Joe Ryan for the Minnesota Twins. A 6 o'clock Eastern time start in Atlanta, where it'll be Spencer Strider likely against Ranger Suarez of the Phillies. And then a 9.20 Eastern time start in L.A., Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers, Merrill Kelly for the Diamondbacks. Again, the series prices on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Baltimore minus 115, Rangers minus 105. Astros minus 160, Twins plus 135. Braves minus 175, that's gone up. Phillies plus 145. Dodgers minus 215, Diamondbacks plus 180. And again, for me, Josh, I'm going Orioles, no, not Orioles, Rangers. That was a slip. I'm going Rangers, (laughs) Rangers, Astros, Phillies, Diamondbacks. Do you ever do that at the book, by the way? Do you ever, like, you're going to bet, I'll use that example, you're going to bet Texas and you accidentally say Baltimore? Do you ever just stick with that? No, but I wish I did it yesterday on the football game. Every single time a ticket taker at the ticket Mm -hmm. at the window has handed me the ticket where I said the wrong name and I've given it back yeah. every single time. It's, it's that, that ticket would have won. You should have listened. No, I don't. I won't do it now. If I sleep <laughs> now, I just keep it. It's crazy as that sounds. Every single time. Uh, before we get out of here, a um, couple of questions around the league. I know I, I briefly mentioned the Mets situation, but your thoughts on the next manager for the Mets. We know Buck Showalter resigned. We know Billy Epler, the general manager, resigned. But David Stearns has come in from the Brewers and is – Everyone wanted this guy for a long time to run this organization. He was the hot name out there. We saw him being the architect of that Brewers team. Where do you think the Mets go for their manager in 2024? I don't know. They tried everything, right? They tried internal. They... Do you think they give, like, Beltron a shot? I mean, I know they had to, they hired him and then fired him because of the whole Astros This thing. owner doesn't care, right? Yeah. They, they, they tried internal. They didn't like it. Then they tried to go out and get the name of a guy. It clearly didn't work as well. Well, it worked in At some year point, one. But I think an old-school manager like that, the the, the novelty wears off after year one. The players get tired of that. It's the same stuff. We know what he's going to do every year. We know what's going to happen. It's about him. He'll do good in the regular season, but you're also giving him players because it's the reason you hired him anyways because you have a team that's potentially there to win. So it's gifted a little bit to him, and then he doesn't do anything in the postseason. Like It's the same Mm -hmm. song and dance. We know what's going to happen with Showalter. I don't know why we're acting like we don't know any different. He's been doing this for 20-something years. Um, they're going to have to go out and actually take a realistic approach to like what baseball is and what they have and who they're going to allow to do what. If you want to bring in somebody that you're going to puppeteer, well, it's not going to work again, right? So then, you know, you're going to have to let somebody actually manage the team. And so I don't know where they're going to go. I don't know the list of candidates that are out there. <clears throat> it's tough, right, because you got the Bochies. That came in and done really well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, these veteran guys do do well. And then you got a couple managers in certain areas that came in that are new that are doing well. I mean, it, it's a it's a tough. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give, tough play. I'm gonna give know. you the name. Yep. All right, I'm gonna give you the name, and it's a way for them to get a smart baseball guy in to be the manager, a respected guy by the players. By the way, those guys didn't just resign. There was talks. Probably sure, later. sure, okay. sure, sure. 
Or, well, yeah, they brought in a new president of baseball operations. Obviously, the general manager. Let's, let's have a sit down. It, yeah, it's done. And then the manager was going to be gone anyway. Um, all right, I have a baseball name that they could bring in that not only will it be a smart hire baseball-wise, but it will also stick it to the crosstown New York Yankees. They don't care about that. And that's Don Mattingly. Uh, he is a good manager, though. He's with the Blue Jays all year, bench coach. Uh, I think he's back. I think he's ready to be a manager once again. I think he should get the Yankees job. Wait a minute. He's been the bench coach of Toronto all year. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Why did I know that? I love him. He's Who great. doesn't? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think That's um, not a bad one actually. I thought. Well, I think he should be the Yankee manager. I think it should get rid of Boone and hire Mattingly. I agree. But actually, I agree with that. But if it, if if the Yankees don't get rid of Boone and hire Mattingly, I think the Mets should just swoop in and hire Mattingly before the Yankees get a chance to. He is good. He's tremendous with the Marlins. You think Girardi deserves another job? I've I've always liked him. I mean, I liked him when I had him. Like, I thought he was great, but mm-hmm. there's a reason, right? And I know with, like, well, he didn't do the job that he was expected to do in Philadelphia. And so that kind of hurt him. Yeah, but that was his. But they gave him the That was his team. team. I mean, if, if you think about that, I mean, uh, you give Rob Thompson a ton of credit, right? Because when he took over the Phillies last year. He's awesome, too, by the way. They went on this incredible run, and he took them to the World Series and then earned that well, job. You saw the players speak up, too. They saw Bryce and these guys speak yeah. up, like finally giving the rookies a chance. Like, he didn't really give mm-hmm. Bryce and those guys a chance because he's a veteran mindset manager. So mm-hmm. right, it's tough, right? He, he left on a bad note. I'm just talking about I, I don't know who's. Here's what I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see a you know these young former players that don't have the experience that are just going to get hired as yes men yeah. to the higher ups in the organization. Because when you bring in these guys, they don't make any decisions. What John they do is we just the, proved the, it. The general managers uh, make the 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 choices here, and they say, "Okay, uh, here's the lineup. Here's your pitching moves for the series." And the manager's like, "Okay." I'll do what you say. I can't. I hate it. I hate it. Do you think? Wow. Okay. Is Craig Council going to be back with the Brewers? Well, I mean, again, it just depends, right? It, it's how many like, – are they okay with the way this operation works? Are they okay with getting to the postseason and never winning? Because that's, that's what they built. If they – if Craig Council is gone – in Milwaukee, does David Stearns hire him in New York? He'll get a job somewhere. That was his, that was his been, manager for all these years. He's been good. He'll get a manager. They're not going to look at it the same way I do. He's officially he's he's officially not under contract because he was unsigned. This was he was a lame duck going into this year, Craig Council. So if if the Brewers don't re-sign him to be their manager, I mean David Stearns, well, that was his boss for the past however many years. Mm-hmm. He'll probably hire him in New York. Craig Council could be the manager of the Mets next year. Yeah, it could be. Giants also have a vacancy. Angels have a vacancy. Guardians have a vacancy. I didn't think Capo did a bad job. Again, he's one of those, like, hard-nosed analytic guys. Yeah, he is. You got to have a balance. I agree. There needs to be. There has to be balance. It's just, a, it's just the world we live in. I mean, we used to make fun of Joe Girardi because he was the binder guy, right? Mm-hmm. Joe's binder. <laughs> Look up in the binder. All the decisions are made by the binder. Look it up, Joe. What should we do? Should we take him out? Um... Yeah. That was my Girardi. <laughs> also, everybody had a Y at the end of their name. You know, Joshy, Jeedy, Andy. That's funny. Yeah. 
All right, Josh. Well, let's enjoy the second round here of the Major League Baseball postseason. The Division Series get underway tomorrow. Uh, thank you for listening to this Division Series preview. We're going to be back before each and every series. We'll do another podcast next week in the middle of these series to kind of get you caught up on what's happened after Game 1 and Game 2, get you ready for Games 3 and 4 once these series shift locations going from the home teams to the road teams. And as a reminder, we are still running incredible promotions at pregame.com. You can get a daily best bet. We're giving you 20% off to spend at pregame.com. Most daily best bet packages are $25 or less. You can take 20% off of that, or you could take 20% off an even longer package. Maybe you want a weekend or all access from your favorite pregame pro. Maybe you want an MLB postseason all-access package, or get ready for the NHL season, the NBA season. 20% discount available for you at pregame.com. If you use the promo code RING20, RING20 is going to get you 20% off at pregame.com. For former Major League pitcher who has a ring, Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This has been the Major League Baseball Divisional Series Preview, brought to you by pregame.com.